Welcome to Nale Yoga, the podcast with Yoga Nidra journeys for deep rest and more. Today, I have a special guest on this podcast, Malki Rosenfeld, otherwise known as Michaela, but everybody calls her Malki. And she is a yoga teacher with tons of years of experience and also a holistic wellness coach. So I am so excited to be having this conversation with you. Malki Rosenfeld, welcome to the show. Hello. Do you want to take a moment to introduce yourself and maybe... say what I do? Yeah. So I am a medically licensed health coach, and I've been working in family and women's health for about 27 years, and I bring together both Eastern and Western approaches, um, and I've also been teaching yoga that whole time, so I integrate a lot of yoga stuff. Um, and most importantly for 2024 is helping people rewire their nervous systems mm-hmm. so that they're not in the constant fight or flight. And we can get into a more relaxed place, but it's not out of luxury or privilege anymore. Mm-hmm. It's out of necessity. So I work a lot with patients in getting their hormones balanced. And hormone balance is completely contingent on being able to have the nervous system flex between fight or flight and relaxation. Um, And most people are stuck in fight or flight. So I do a lot of that. I work with nutrition. I work with supplements. I work with a lot of sleep training for adults. Um, And I love it. Thank you. Yeah, and you know, the work you're doing is so important, especially today when, you know, there's a war going on and... Even outside of that. Post-COVID. I mean, people just went through a whole global PTSD event together. Um, Exactly. And with technology and cell phones and everything, life is just, it's taken a whole different uptick. Yes, exactly. People's nervous systems, just the collective nervous system of the world has definitely been impacted by modern life and all the historical events that we've been through in recent times. You know, so this work that you're doing with helping heal people's nervous systems is just so important. And I'm wondering maybe if we could jump into some questions, um, if you could share a little bit, why is it important to, to work on the nervous system and maybe share a little bit how that happens, how you do that? So I would say why, um, which is the motivating factor first. So why we need to work on or improve our nervous system function is the most primary reason is people are living a lot longer. Um, my grandparents' generation, and I'm I'm almost forty nine, um, was a was like a whole different planet of functionality. Something between my grandparents and my mother, who's seventy eight, some a major shift happened, mm-hmm. and something happened, which was a refrigerators were used by everyone, which changed how we ate. So then there's the advent of modern medicine and how how rapidly that evolved. So this conversation between a long lifespan mm-hmm. has changed into a long health span. No longer is the goal to live longer. That's easy. But you can live longer and feel horrible. Yes. That's typical. Yeah. So now the conversation is about a long health span. How can we mm-hmm. extend the amount of healthy years we have? And people aren't dying as often now in their 60s. Mm-hmm. 
And that's yeah, a whole different ball game. So our nervous system has to recalibrate for a woman during menopause and for a man during menopause. They there is a clinical <laughs> term. They actually they actually go through what's called andropause. Uh-huh. A man who has stress or doesn't have stress is still going to lose a lot of his peak hormone balance uh-huh. if he doesn't learn how to shift the gear and preserve his energetic system. His DHEA, which is the major hormone that turns into testosterone or estrogen, is still going to go down. Mm-hmm. His cortisol, which, yeah, may be stress more or less, um, is going to go up, and that's why he deposits mm-hmm. fat around his belly. He's mm-hmm. going to lose muscle mass. Like, these are going to happen. This happened to men even 100 or 200 years ago. Now, the reason we didn't see it is because they were dead. Makes men sense. were dead. <laughs> okay, so, sense. like, if you really see the men that weren't dead, how do they stay alive? They were already in better shape than most men would be now because they had obviously practices that kept them going in a very atypical way. It was not typical. Men usually died 15 to 20 years before women. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a different reality now. So, so the longevity piece is where we know, okay, we have to tune in the nervous system because the nervous system is how we're going to modulate our immune system and our, you know, our, you know, say hormones, of course, everything's hormones, but more specifically the sex hormones, the testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, DHEA, um, you know, those goodies mm-hmm. and the immune system. Mm-hmm. And these are all dependent upon the nervous system being able to sustainably mandate our energy requirements. And so that's, that's like a whole different, it's a whole different level. Yeah, it really is. And even just taking a step back from our longevity, um, just even dealing with everyday life, we can have we can have a long, healthy life, but even just dealing with the day-to-day stressors that happen, it's the motivation enough. People mm. will put upon themselves that they can get through it, quote unquote. Mm. They're still we're still working in this paradigm of even people my age saying, "Oh, I'll sleep." Well, you know, you'll sleep when you're dead. Sleep mm. is overrated. Mm. I'm hearing this from my 40-year-old patients who yeah. heard it from their parents. This is yeah. still, we're still having a, only one generation that we're trying to break the chain because the reality is we need a ton of sleep. Mm-hmm. We need a, a ton of restoration. So people will put on themselves, I'll just get through it. Right. I'll do the day-to-day. For people that have more of a health mind or, you know, whatever, yeah. we've had a lot more inundation right. with health right. concepts, we'll say, no, that's, yeah. so for, for most people, I would say I still have to give them the long-term goal. Sure. For the sake sure. of their children or grandchildren or being healthy enough to care for their own parents, which is mm-hmm. which is also something we're mm-hmm. doing much more, um, they'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I wish it was easy enough to say, oh, but your day-to-day life could, could also be good. And for mm-hmm. most people, it's not enough of an incentive because our mindset still hasn't shifted mm-hmm. to that being okay to yeah. let ourselves like have the luxury and yeah. privilege of actually caring for ourselves for the things we're saying. So that that is, I would say, why the nervous system. And then there, you know, there's there's the multitude of benefits of having that. But then the how is changed also drastically. When I made Aliyah the first time, it was 2009, and when I went back only 15 months later to America, there was a huge shift. I picked back up my my private practice at that point was in Oriental medicine, and I was treating a lot of cancer patients. I worked right near Hopkins, and that was a, a big referral base. And the smartphone, the iPhone, was released in 2009. Watching technology evolve way faster than our nervous systems Mm -hmm. was a recipe for 
disaster. And that's basically what's happened. So only in maybe a, a 10 to 12, 15 year period, the demands on our nervous system are so much more mm -hmm. and we have lost the skill set. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, the yeah. how is like just to get to the basics of making sure that our nervous systems aren't overwhelmed mm -hmm. by what we've taken on. Yeah. And, and yeah. Like yeah. having sleep hygiene practice. Everybody. So I think every culture has family exactly. practices. We all have family yeah. practices that keep us spiritually pure. No matter what people's spiritual practices are, we, we're all in alignment that we want. We mm -hmm. want something clear and clean and pure and that feels fabulous. So that being said, we have to put in family practices that keep technology safe and keep it useful and keep it productive. Family practices where phones go off at a certain time, mm -hmm. um, except for now. Like if I have a patient who I'm, I'm sleep training, again, I don't do baby sleep training much. <clears throat> I just do adult sleep training. But if they have a soldier in the war, of course their phone is on. Of course. But if they don't, the phone should always be off. To just put in practices, there's lots of different ways, with different yeah. technologies to get these, these practices in place that we need them so much now. We can, we can, but the first thing we have to recognize is it's necessary. Like you're doing this podcast to bring more consciousness to the fact that this is, mm -hmm. this is like where the real medicine is. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it, and it doesn't have to be anything complicated. You know, the, the real medicine is, is really <laughs> at this point we can't deal with any more. I don't think we can deal with any more complexity, right? Life is already so complicated, but these practices are so simple and, uh, what I love about Yoga Nidra is that it really doesn't require much. When we think of relaxing, a lot of times, you know, speaking of phones, right? When we think of relaxing, a lot of times people think, okay, I'm just going to scroll on my phone and just turn off my brain or I'm going to watch some Netflix or read a book. But that's just another way of really distracting from a nervous system perspective that's not actually restoring the nervous system and creating this deeply relaxing state where muscles can really let go. Cells can start to let go of the, the gripping and the tension. And so for that, that's where yoga nidra really, um, really comes in to truly restore the nervous system where the muscles are allowed to really let go and relax of all this stress and tension that has physically been building up from all the stressors in the day. Yoga nature is the best. It doesn't require any effort. All you do is you just lay down in a comfortable position and just try to listen to the voice and stay awake. So it, it's not like more standard meditation where you have to try to be focused and try to be... I don't even recommend meditation mm -hmm. to any of my patients mm -hmm. and clients. If they want to start meditation, mm -hmm. I always send them to your podcast or guided relaxation because the physical practice of relaxation is what's necessary to actually focus. People are, are like not even close to being able to start a meditation practice. If you want to say it's meditative to focus on the breath and to bring ourselves into the physical sensations in the body. Yeah, it's a meditation, but it's mm -hmm. like before that we even get there, we have to learn. People are relearning how to actually be present. Exactly. Which means they have to come into some sort of guided relaxation because it's, 
you're horizontal, you know, yeah. and you actually get to the point where you might have a meditative experience, mm-hmm. but most people to sit down and just tell them to start meditating is incredibly frustrating and our yeah. bodies are, are holding so much True. that we can't and we have to True. just constantly rewiring. True. And it, that that's kind of how I came to this practice. It's benefited me so much, but also with a lot of my clients uh, who've tried meditation, they, they tell me it's really hard for me to meditate. It's it just makes me anxious. Yeah, they just say like it makes me anxious when I'm meditating and I'm I'm trying to meditate, but what ends up happening is I'm just sitting there and judging myself for not being able to focus and I feel like I'm doing this wrong and it makes me more anxious. So you know <laughs> So it's like it reminds me of the practice itself, the Hatha yoga. Yeah. So the whole practice, whenever I was, any training I went to, they all said the same thing. The Hatha practice, which is, you you know, for those listeners who don't know the differences, Mm -hmm. Hatha is basically the physical, we're going to leave it as easy as that, the physical aspect of the practice of yoga. Yeah, I'll Um, say that. The point is to get the body's needs met Mm -hmm. so that the mind, which is housed in the body, Mm -hmm. can actually have that that's why the yoga nidra is at the end of the practice and not the beginning we don't go into the practice like that we come out of it because after an hour or an hour and a half of actually getting the body's needs met the mind has a chance Mm -hmm. to get quiet so as you go through guided relaxation yoga nidra you know there's suggestions to sometimes tense the hands and relax them or to at least put your 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 focal energy you can feel like i remember you you go from one finger mm-hmm. all the way through the hand to the other side, you feel the physical sensations in your fingers. There's a presence and an ability to relax them in a very mm-hmm. physical way. Yeah. Then you can actually have these moments of what we call relaxation. Yes. Um, and these days, with all the hormonal imbalances from environmental pollutants and stress, and if we don't have these practices... Then what happens? There's just so much work. <laughs> like people can work so hard with their nutrition to lose body fat, and they can work so hard with their exercise. And and if they're not sleeping and actually resting, their muscles never going to build, no matter how much training they do at the gym. And they're never going to lose body fat. Mm. Well, I wouldn't say never, but it's very. It's like an mm. uphill climb because the stress hormone that God gave us is there to protect us. It's there to keep body fat. The body fat storage mode is from stress hormone. The body is supposed mm-hmm. to store fat because it's preparing for a war. Unless we take ourselves out of that, we're mostly storing fat. Mm-hmm. So people, you know, I I do all this programming with them, but I always tell people if you're not going to have a practice where the nervous system is getting tuned, those, those other efforts are going to be so much more. The dinging and the binging of just standing online at the grocery store and having to hear somebody listening to YouTube, it was not there. Now it could be like standing online at any average store in most countries. Mm-hmm. That's not an experience people had. So you put the collective of experience of listening to news at 2 in the afternoon when you're standing at an ATM, that's something else. So the, the constant, the cumulative amount of stress that we have now has never been experienced before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's even more important because 10 years ago you could do a lot of programs and they would just start to work. Mm-hmm. And now when people say, I don't know why it's not working, it's not just because they're 45 and trying something for a 30-year-old. It's because we're on a different planet. Mm-hmm.
So if somebody only has, let's say, an hour of time, should they do restorative, yoga nidra? Should they do asana and exercise? Like what? I think if someone has an hour, I think if someone has, I'm going to answer it like this. (laughs) Given a block of time, which we're really clear about what our blocks are, 24 hours will never change. Right. Right. So winter and summer change the, 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 the light hours, but 24 is what we're working with. 24, seven times, mm-hmm. seven times four and 28. Those cycles will never change. Mm-hmm. If you honestly have an hour a day, you find the most balanced profile. So always leaving a good 10 or 15 minutes for relaxation. But let's say if someone even has, so we'll do it in an hour. Someone yeah. for sure should do 15 to 20 minutes of asana practice, of yoga postures, because they're doing the Mm -hmm. strength, they're getting the muscles to grow and repair, they're getting the blood and the circulation. They're also like these physical needs must be met or our body will squawk. Mm -hmm. So the practice also is for mobility and flexibility. You lay down in yoga nidra and the back is tight. Mm -hmm. It's going to be speaking louder than you, even though your voice is beautiful and melodic. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be listening to my low back. (laughs) So like... To do a little bit of stretching, mm-hmm. um, and then to definitely do some yoga nidra. And mm-hmm. Then people want to know what about cardio. You can do a fast flow, slow flow. But even if someone has a half hour, because I'm going to say more realistically, people are. I used to have hours a day. I used to spend hours a day at the gym. It was right next to my mm-hmm. office. These were different times. I didn't answer texts right, on right, the elliptical, right. you know, or the in the in the Zumba <laughs> class. I was like, okay, when I get to my office, I'll answer the phone. Like remember right. that? A better boundaries. So right. <laughs> But even if someone has a half hour, yeah, let's say and I'd say hour. half hour is more realistic, Okay, you divide it. You divide it into about 15, 20 minutes of asana practice and always following it with yoga nidra. Like mm-hmm. if we did that mm-hmm. and people say, oh, but it's more calories. First of all, calorie in, calorie out is very mythological for most people's endocrine gland systems. It doesn't yes, actually more work complicated like that. Than that. <laughs> I, we wish we did, but then there wouldn't be a majority of people walking around chubby and cranky. It's just not how the rubber hits the road unless you're like 16 and, and you want to manipulate your, your yourself. So if someone has an hour, great. But if they have a half hour, you break it down, you get your physical needs met with the asana practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you do the, the guided relaxation or yoga nidra, there is much more hormone balancing cueing happening in that relaxation time than if you spent the entire time strength training and doing a really vigorous mm-hmm. power yoga flow. Yeah. So people are very seduced into thinking that the more time you spend in an active state, the more you're going to manipulate yourself for the good. Yeah. But that's actually not... That's mm-hmm. not really what's happening. There always right. has to be a percentage given over to the chill. Right. And also because when you're in that resting state after a practice, the resting state helps you to integrate the practice. Uh, if, if you do, you know, like a, a workout and then just go and move on to the next thing with your day, um, the body just goes from one thing to the next and doesn't really have that opportunity to to integrate and for the... For, it to for the practice to really seep in and, and do its magic, you know? So, um, is there anything else that you wanted to share? Um, maybe share a little bit 
about your own personal yoga practice or your personal yoga nidra My practice. I'm always practice. curious about yeah. that. So, so it's come and gone at different times in my life, but I would say that it is, once it was part of my consciousness, I, I started learning about 30 years ago, I guess, mm-hmm. which is wild at this point, but um, <laughs> 30 years ago, I was a young slipper. So it's never been something I would let go of. Mm-hmm. I got the benefits. I understood it from a scientific perspective. I understood it from a physical, experiential perspective, um, that it was essential. So I've been doing yoga relaxations for that long. But do I do it daily? In some way, shape, or form, I would say I do. Mm-hmm. Now, I've already programmed myself, but I am a human. I will never master, I think, my own you know, audio cueing, to listen Mm -hmm. to an external source has become Mm -hmm. even more important to me. Mm -hmm. Although I've always had, like, I used to have this tape. Remember tapes? They're like that thing with two circles on the side. (laughs) I had my tapes. (laughs) Then we got into CDs. Then I had an MP3. I I had the same one that I listened to for probably 20 years, Uh a few of them. Um, But there were times in my life where if I only had time to do one thing, it would be that. If I only had 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. would I do a strength training or would I do guided relaxation? Um, Most of the days I would have picked the guided relaxation because Mm -hmm. I recognized that it had far-reaching benefits beyond anything else. Yeah. So I try to do a little something every day. Um, Really, I try to do that, you know, when cortisol dips, that siesta time, Mm -hmm. it's our invitation to do Mm -hmm. something restorative. Mm-hmm. So I do I try that. sometime between, let's say, 1 and, and 5 o'clock yeah. to do something that is yoga nidra-ish, whether mm-hmm. I have 8 minutes or 12 minutes. And, and in the last few months now, I just put on your podcast. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I love that, an invitation to do something for your nervous system when you're, yeah. when you're noticing that energetic dip in the middle of the afternoon. But I'm so compelled to say this mm-hmm. right now. It's not a luxury. It's no longer a luxury or a privilege. It is a necessity. It's like brushing your teeth, you no, know. It's just something for sure that we, we need to keep doing. And hopefully there will be enough education. I think now that the language in the health space has gone to hormones, and mm-hmm. it's all pointing back to this cortisol and this stress hormone dysregulation. Mm-hmm. So the quickest way to rescue and repair is to do this practice. So it is no mm-hmm. longer a luxury or a privilege. It is a necessity it's the most inexpensive right. and accessible health practice or medical medicinal practice we have. And we've always done it. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form, yeah. I mean, yogis have done this for many, many years. Yeah, all yeah. the practices, though, Hatha always had yoga nidra they've always at the had, end. Yeah, and they've always had this conscious sleep, the conscious sleep that's been around the yog- for thousands of years. yogic sleep has been around for the thousands whole time. Thousands of years, exactly. And I can say just, you know, for myself, when I do yoga nidra, my day changes and I see really tangible differences between days when I do yoga nidra versus when I don't do yoga nidra. And also times when I do yoga nidra and I fall asleep or times when I stay awake for the practice, there's tangible residual differences uh, in the rest of the day, like how focused I am, you know, how, how I show up with my family, um, 
just how I just how I feel, how much energy I have, the the type of energy, it really makes a really big difference. So I remember in my I think it was yeah. my first training, and they said yoga nidra. They were talking about clinical data, which mm-hmm. was mostly at the Himalayan Institute at that point, yeah. but you know has gone out to the rest of the Western world that yoga nidra, a thirty minute yoga nidra, was as effective as three hours of sleep, meaning a sleep that you've gone through actually one or two REM cycles. At that point, they didn't know how many mm-hmm. cycles of REM we went through, but it had been documented scientifically, the amount of restorative, and it doesn't just mean rest. We're talking about the repair of the, the repair cellular network, like all of your cells. The, uh, the amount of re- restoration doesn't just mean rest, sleep. It means rebuilding tissue that is constantly breaking down. And if mm-hmm. we want to live longer and be healthy with our food and our practices and our, you know, our, our mindset and our friends, we have to be building as fast as we're breaking down. Mm-hmm. And so, and like, it's we're climbing up a downward escalator, right? That's always <laughs> only funny on movies. Yeah, in our, in our real life, it's yeah. stink. Yeah. And also, I just want to add, um, before we end off for today, how yoga nidra, you're talking, we're talking here about the, um, nervous system rest repair and restoration that comes from yoga nidra, but it's also can have really, um, be really useful for psychological and emotional processing as well. Absolutely. Um, not just for the physical system, but it's all one system and it's all connected and goes right. together. Yeah. So when we talk about trauma, for example, Trauma is encoded in the body. It's cells and muscles that are holding very tightly in a frozen state in the body. So with yoga nidra, that can start to melt and defrost some of those um, really tight kind of muscular holding patterns that are associated with trauma. And And they release energy. And release energy. Uh, that Good. can be used for creativity and insight and other or just things. getting your groceries on time. Yeah, like living daily like life, right? <laughs> exactly, and can start to really create shifts in some of the core programming uh, in the brain and letting go of limiting or unhelpful kind of beliefs that may be connected with this trauma that's stored in the body, which could be from years and years. So yoga nidra can start to open and start to recalibrate um, the nervous system, the the cognitive system, and the unconscious um, emotional systems as well. So so once again, it's a free, really accessible practice. It's simple. It doesn't require much. And And you can do it anywhere. You can do it anywhere, anytime. There's no wrong time for yoga nidra. And... um, I think if people just do experiments, which they're willing to do, mm-hmm. most of my patients, I tell them, no, I'm not putting you on a nutrition program. Right. It's not forever. We're doing a therapeutic right. process and maybe it'll change when you become right. more healed, but try this for a week or I'll t- you know, try this for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Don't make a commitment to it. Make a commitment to observing your experience of it. Mm-hmm. That's all people need to do. Right. And inevitably, if they're an adult that wants to repeat a positive experience, they'll just do it again. So, so just try it, try this for a week Mm -hmm. and you can, it's, it's quite obvious. Yeah. Cause it has the cumulative effect. Yeah. Um, 
It's yeah. just so easy. It's an easy experiment so easy. to tell people to do because, like, we, we both know Yeah. after doing it for a week. Even if it's 15 minutes a day, it's, <laughs> it's life-changing. You become in a different status of, of human. And um, if somebody yeah. doesn't want that new lovely status, then they can come to you for therapy because they need some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but also, everybody has their own kind of medicine. Everybody has their own path. So... Yes, like we love yoga nidra, and for us, it's it's kind of obvious, right? But um, you know, but everybody has their own path, and there's so many amazing practices out there that even if it's not yoga nidra for you, even if it's something Good else, if it's, rush, yeah, even if it's poetry or just you know relaxing in nature or something else or meditation or whatever it is that you feel truly restored by just making that into a consistent practice um, can really do a lot. There's a lot of talk about, I'm going to say this before I know we're going to end now, that there's so much talk about raising consciousness or being more conscious. If you've never had an experience of consciousness, it's very difficult to say, oh, I'm being more conscious. Right. How do you have a reference point? Right. So yoga nidra was always explained to me is that it's like that hypnagogic state between falling asleep and being awake. Most people have experienced that whether they've done relaxation ever, Mm -hmm. there's that, there's those moments of this level of consciousness. Yes. And that's something I haven't found. Like you can develop consciousness, I guess, during a good endorphin rush with trail running, but there is something really qualitatively different between that it's you're not asleep, mm-hmm. but you're in deep state of relaxation, but fully conscious. Yeah. And that's, if you can walk through the world, start to cultivate that and walk through the world with it, I just find that there's, everything's less expensive. You don't need <laughs> as much medication. You don't need as many supplements. Right. You don't need to always eat all organic food, although it's good. Um, but it, it's, I've crunched the numbers on this uh-huh. so many times. It takes yeah. a lot less money to stay well than to get well. Mm-hmm. So that makes so much sense to me. Now. It's never too late to start. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Malky Rosenfeld, for sharing your wisdom, your really comprehensive knowledge. I mean, you've been doing this for such a long time and um, just have so much depth and breadth to your knowledge. So, um, and just bringing your beautiful, positive energy to this podcast. Yeah, keep it light. Energy. So. <laughs> and thank you for making this because I I have lots of guided relaxations that I recommend over the years, but uh-huh. now I'm I'm only really doing yours, which says a lot. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honored. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. Right. Be well. <laughs>